you are listening to High Shelf Gaming. This is a show where we talk about board games and role-playing games and gaming conventions. If this is what you're looking for, please keep listening. You can always find us on our website, Facebook group, Facebook page, or on Twitter and Twitch and Discord, all under the name High Shelf Gaming. Super easy to join the community, and we look forward to meeting you. Quick reminder, we are doing a giveaway. I've got a 3D printed monster, a gray render, super interesting creature and uh, kind of hard to come by, honestly. In order to enter into win, all you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Once we get to 20 reviews, we're going to roll a die and see who wins. Hey everyone, David Gillespie here again with High Shelf Gaming. And as always, I am joined by the delectable Rich Wisniewski. David, that was not on my list of approved words. <laughs> People I, cannot tell how delectable I am on a podcast. Now, I am if off we the rails. create a YouTube channel, they can then see the delectableness of the rich. <laughs> I think we've got you on camera for at least one YouTube video so people can take it in. Okay, well then, yes. Go to our YouTube channel. High Shelf Gaming. Is that is it high? Do we have a YouTube channel, High Shelf Gaming? Is that right? Well, I mean, we're not big enough on YouTube to get a custom URL, so it's like some YouTube slash gobbledygook. But look for High Shelf Gaming and you'll find it. Okay, yeah. Search for High Shelf Gaming, Delectable <laughs> Rich, and be sure to have your NSFW filters on and you will find us. <laughs> Otherwise, you might get my private channel. Oh, no. Short of that, great to be here, Dave. Loving every minute of this evening. Yes, awesome. And tonight we are joined by a new friend of High Shelf Gaming and and uh, guest, Patrick. Dude, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you for having me and uh, including me in the High Shelf Gaming community. It's fantastic. Yeah, I think that you and another gentleman had like the warmest reception <laughs> when the new person joined. Like we were just throwing all kinds of good posts everywhere and you talked about some topics you wanted to discuss. And so I think tonight... That's our goal. But before we get into that, can you kind of give a sense to the audience? What kind of gamer are you? What your background is? What kind of games you're into? Yeah. So I started playing role-playing games in the early 80s as a Ooh, yeah. youngster uh, yeah. <laughs> and subjecting my poor younger brother to, you know, hit my game mastery at the time. Yes. And, is this and, when you were like uh, punishing your younger brother for like sibling disputes came out in game? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm the dungeon master. You're dead. That's right. Yeah, or you know, subjecting to some really sad, poor story of you know, conjured up in my mind and you oh, know, yeah. then shooting him. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it was great. Um, I think he's scarred to this day. So. Yeah. Does he talk to you still, or how's that family dynamic going? Uh, he does talk to me, but you know, I catch that sort of evil glint in his eye occasionally, and I have to. Does he walk neck. around with a 10-foot pole and check for traps every yeah. time he comes to the house? That's the real question. How That's much when you, you know you've, you've succeeded or failed as a brother or a DM. Which oh, well, whatever. Then, I think I failed as a DM then because I don't see him going around checking for traps. But, All right, you know. that's good. Maybe, maybe there's hope that you succeeded as a brother. But he then. did not deny he carries a 10-foot pole. So like, <laughs> he just has one. He's not necessarily checking for traps. That's right. That's right. So, but I've I've always played it's kind of like science fictiony RPGs. That's oh, been my nice. kind of bread and butter. So, Traveler, Star Frontiers, Twilight oh. Two Thousand. God, I know Star you're a cyberpunk man. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. See, we, now we we kind of came up in that same time frame, Patrick and I. But I was committed to the Gygax. That that's kind of the difference here. So, so you played a lot of committed. Star Frontier, is that right, Rich? Oh yeah, 
tons of Star Frontier. No. <laughs> if it didn't have a D and a D in the name, I probably wasn't playing it. But yes, go on, please, Patrick. Tell us. Yeah. So I mean, so that's been my most of my career and well career in uh, gaming why not um so and then you know like a lot of people i you know after college i kind of fell out and didn't uh, play for a while and then yeah uh, life yeah yeah that that nasty thing it's really hard to like get a family unit that wants to play role-playing games with you like really stinking hard and like when you leave college everybody you play games with is gone they're all doing other stuff so yeah there's always that slump at the end of at the end of college yeah. Uh, speaking of family, it was my, my uh, wife one day as we were watching Game of Thrones or Big Bang Theory and they were playing a role-playing game. She said, hey, do they have a, a Game of Thrones role-playing game? I might play that. <gasps> and within seconds, I had bought the game. from. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like, don't know, honey. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're at the door. <laughs> yeah. Amazon speedy delivery. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So then I got uh, – I just – I leaped in both feet and I, I was getting the mongoose traveler and uh roping my brother back into into gaming uh so right now i do a lot of star wars and uh, i'm also doing i'm really keen on the android shadow of the beanstalk uh, oh yeah i um, I, I picked up that book i'm reading that but it's competing for my time with the expanse role-playing game <sighs> Oh yeah. yeah, just so many good sci-fi games. Okay, but but before we, I don't want to do like a general sci. We, one day we'll do a general sci-fi. But tonight, what are we talking about? Traveler. Yeah. Uh, so, but the the legend of role-playing gaming, uh, almost as old as D and D, but not as old. So. Yeah, very very close time frame. I think it came out in like eighty. Seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, and of course, Mongoose currently has the, has some rights to it. And so they've, they've released a uh, first edition and a second edition. I think the second edition was 2016 that came out. So wow. That sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah. And you know, folks, when you, when you search up Traveler, odds are you're going to be looking at the Mongoose publishing books, either the first or second edition. There's a ton of old Traveler books, like the guy who made Traveler, kind of uh, Mark Miller, mm-hmm. he was kind of loosey-goosey with licensing. He was yes. like, yeah, GURPS, you get a version. You guys, you can do a thing. You guys, you can do a thing. I'll make a new one. You know, so there's, in the backlog, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of Traveler editions out there. There is. I think his current, his current version is Traveler 5. Uh, gotcha. Which I think was one of the it set a record at its time on um kickstarter for getting funded um oh. and it was like five hundred thousand, like really quickly um, and nice. then critical role game right well yeah. they're, they're ma- officially they're making tv so that's okay oh, okay <laughs> but yeah the uh, uh you know which which editions of traveler did you play i've i have only played mongoose um so i don't i don't have the back like knowledge of of when traveler was was younger yeah i i first played the classic traveler uh but from the it was a starter kit so it was um 1980 or something like that it was a little box set had a core rule book and that kind of stuff so that's the classic traveler the one that that uh basically started it all and then i played upgraded to mega traveler uh, when that came out later in the 80s 
and then the new era was the last one before the uh, the quiet years after college. Um, <laughs> well, I, th- I think that also kind of maps with Traveler's timeline too, because they were really popular with classic and Mega Traveler had some. Uh, it had some weird timeline stuff, I think, and it changed the system a bunch. So there was a just some hand wringing, I think, around Mega Traveler. I think that's actually the Traveler of the New Era is the one that really oh. set people kind of off. Mega Traveler is kind of an update. It's almost like a second edition of the classic Traveler. So it, it refined some things, got rid of a couple of the annoying things. So for example, it used to be if you had armor, it was a modifier against hitting instead of subtracting damage. And it was oh, like, huh? right. So it's kind of more of a D&D approach where the more armor you had, the harder it was to hit. Yeah. Whereas in most sci-fi games these days, like, no, 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 no. You get hit. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's whether or not the armor stops the bullet that we care about now. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so Classic Traveler takes place in like the third Imperium. And towards the end of it, though, you don't know, know that when you're playing it. Mega Traveler starts with the assassination of the Emperor of the Third Imperium that sets off this rebellion, basically a, a Second Civil War. And then the New Era introduces a living virus um, that kind of creates vampire fleets and uh, sends things into the Dark Ages. I could see people saying, uh, not a fan. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Two vampire fleets. Um, so we should probably take a step back and mention Traveler RPG is like the classic space opera role-playing game. Like your crew has a ship. You probably haven't fully paid off the ship <laughs> as a group. Nope. Uh, you you are scraping by. <laughs> and... Oh my gosh. So it's Firefly. Well, okay, so, you know, think about this. Traveler came out in the 70s, and now you have shows like Firefly, which kind of borrows maybe a little. Maybe the guy who made Firefly had played Josh himself Wien? some... Yeah, maybe he'd played himself some Traveler. Yes, right? that's the rumor. That is yeah. the rumor. And then, and then you look at the, the new TV series on uh, Sci-Fi, now moved to Amazon, The Expanse, which... I'm reading the role-playing game book, and guys, it kind of feels a little like Traveler. Like, and that's, that's, it's also rumored to be based on a Traveler game that I the mean, authors... I yeah. I know it's based on a role-playing game. I don't know what system they played it in, but I mean, guys, you you get this sense that this kind of like ragtag space opera game has filtered its way into sci-fi media. So if you're like, oh, I love Serenity or, oh, I love The Expanse, like, give Traveler a look because hey. you can probably Hold play on. that game. Dave, Dave, I have a I have a news alert from Gloria Berger. <laughs> Josh, in an online interview, which is no longer online, stated that the Flyer 5 verse started as a campaign of a major sci-fi RPG. He also stated that he quit playing RPGs after college he refused to identify the system. Yeah. Since he graduated in 1986, we're looking at 8286 as his time frame. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Inquiring minds want to know. Back are, to you, Dave. We are on to you, Joss. <laughs> we are on to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the idea is you have a spaceship, there are jobs that need to be taken care of on the spaceship, and then you dock with stations or go down to planets and have adventures and all kinds of stuff. Dude, this sounds great. I can't believe I never played this. Dude, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And like, 
The Traveler has everything. I mean, everything. If you want to run into a scenario where it's like uh, some guy in full space marine armor with shoulder-mounted guns gets attacked by 30 dudes wielding swords and maces... Traveler has that. <laughs> you know, guys, and, and Patrick, this might be something history-wise. Some of the words you're saying remind me of Warhammer 40K. Is there any kind of relationship between Games Workshop and Traveler at all? Not that I know of, but okay. I, I will admit I'm not a Warhammer expert. So, Gotcha. When you look at like far-out-there fantasy, fantasy sci-fi type stuff, eh, you run into some similar concepts. Right, yeah. the Imperium, yeah. Marines. Right. I mean, some right. of this stuff is just out there, and that, and I'm starting to see that that similarity. But, dude, I can't believe I never played this. I was just too busy reading like the the Stones of Shannara and stuff like that, and playing D and D. Yes, no, this is definitely a fun, fun freaking game. Now, with mongoose. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Patrick. I was going to say, Rich. So you were reading that. I was reading Foundation. Yes. Oh yeah, and saying. Oh my God! Traveler yeah. is—I can play Foundation in Traveler. If I oh, want totally! To. Oh, totally! I mean, you look at the Halo video game universe; you can absolutely play that in Traveler. Like bar, like <laughs> Traveler is really interesting because it's such a flexible world and system. Whenever you start looking through the books, and you're like, "Well, how can it be so technologically flexible?" It actually rates every item in the game by tech level. And the world that you're at or the, the game system you're playing in can be a tech level 12, which means that they have a certain level of advancement and certain level of, of gear. And they might run into a tech level 10 society that hasn't quite gotten as far. And each tech level is a major advancement. So, you know, crew of people outfitted with tech level 12 stuff are probably going to smoke the same number of people at tech level 10. But it's really cool because when you look through this, you're like, oh, I kind of want like a, I kind of want like a Firefly game. All right, well, I just look through the gear and be like, you know, I think Firefly is kind of a tech level nine society. So I'll just go through and find all the tech level nine stuff. And then I just stop it there. I don't have to worry about it, all this really like high end stuff. And so as a DM, it's really cool to like look at this and go, well, this is as far out into sci-fi as I want to go. And, and you just cap it there. And that's your game. Yeah. It's highly flexible that way, and it's one of the things I love. And and it's also great as um, a as a referee to be able to sort of like change it up to have your have your cast of, of PCs go from one place to another. Even so, you can. I loved running games where you know they kind of started out in the sort of average of the of the place, uh, but they would go and fight people with swords, you know, and, you know, mm -hmm. have their ammo and they'd be running out of, you know, their high energy weapons. And, oh, yeah. well, now what do I do? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, uh, have you been counting those mags? Because yeah. I think you're almost out. And the guy's like, well, there's still like 200 people left. Like, yeah, you have real problems coming. <laughs> yeah. They're angry. <laughs> You've killed 200 of their friends. <laughs> yeah. So, and also, it's, I've always loved it because you can create those worlds on the fly. It's It's got that kind of sandbox element where mm, you start mm -hmm. rolling up some dice and you can, oh, wait, there's a tech level 10 with a, you know, religious dictatorship and, 
you know, and they hate aliens. Uh, you, you could just, they, they have these charts and sort of ways. Mm, really, do I dare really, say America? Go on. I'm sorry. <laughs> there, there is definitely some world building tools just right in the book, which it makes it super easy to say, I need a place. Let's, oh, there it is. These are the facts about this place. Yeah. So it's, it's great in that way. One of the things that Traveler is famous for is character creation. Yes. Um, so we should probably talk a little bit about the magic of Traveler's character creation. Yes. Or to uh, use the phrase, you haven't lived until you've died in, during character creation. Yes. Ooh, I think I like this system. <laughs> yeah, Rich, for, for a, as a DM that loves killing players, I'm surprised that you didn't just pick this up on principle. Holy smokes, do tell. There is time. 2016, latest release, there's time to get in on this. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the the character creation system kind of really focuses around a career. So you, your character starts at the age of 18. And this is, I want to cut in. This yeah. is one of the things I love about Traveler, that all other role-playing games, because your characters have to be, you know, samey balanced, everybody starts off at the same, like, 18, 19, 22... And you'll have like a certain subset of skills or attributes or whatever. And it's all kind of same, same between all the different players. Whereas Traveler is like, no, 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 no. Your, your character started their career at 18. You get to take over later. <laughs> yes. And, and you work in four year increments. So mm-hmm. and you, you can make choices like, do I, do I go to college? Do I join the Naval Academy? Uh, do I just kind of go in right into a career? And there's tons of sort of career options you can you can go with. You roll for some kind of skills can be a little bit random because you you kind of you know say I'm going to specialize in this area and you roll it and you might get a, a an additional skill there and a, and a career skill. Or you uh, may fail out. You yes. say I go to I go to college and it's like ah you fail so what's what what would your character do next oh I'll try mechanic school or whatever I like that yeah. And, oh yeah and you can fail out so many times <laughs> that you end up being a drifter yes wow. <laughs> you've, you've you've tried your hand at everything and you either end up as a debutante which is a drifter with lots of money or a drifter <laughs> so you just don't have you're just a drifter yes. You're the first one that goes off the ship to trick for traps with your feet. Well, where you have a lot of rando skills. And one of the things I like about it is you go through that four-year arc, and it's like, do you want to go more? Ooh, the, the idea, luck. Exactly. The idea yeah. is at any point, you can say, all right, I'm happy. My character you know, musters out, gets paid out for whatever job they're doing, and this is the moment I take over. Or you can say, oh, I want to go another four years, and I just want to see if I get a little bit of cooler stuff. And yes. that's when you start running into, well, yeah, you're a cool space marine. You got this cool-ass armor, and you're doing all this cool stuff. And uh, they, you dropped you onto a, they dropped you onto a lava world where all, all the monsters there are actually lava, and they just ate you. <laughs> Time to make a new character. So yep. let's start over. <laughs> exactly, and yeah, and like you start, you you risk aging effects. Oh uh, yeah, because if you go long enough and you're not in a super high tech level universe or world, uh, aging hits you. Yeah, I love it. I the character creation in Traveler is so interesting because then you end up with this crew that's very different. 
And it's very hard to actually improve characters right. in the game afterwards. So, you know, you, you aren't really awarding XP or anything like that and saying, okay, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy a skill or do something. Rather, you're, you're kind of with the character as it is and you start playing it. There are some mechanisms for, for improving it and some homebrew options that, sure. that I know people do. But in general, the idea is that's your character at that age and you really don't improve skill-wise beyond, beyond that. And it makes a lot of sense if you look back at space opera media. You know, like Star Trek, none of those people ever improved. They were just awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, and when you make your character, your character is going to be kind of as awesome as you need them to be. Or your checkoff. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're the you're the young you're the young buck that's like learning everything. But yeah, it's like one of those deals where you start off with a pretty heroic character who is pretty awesome at some things. And the other piece about it is you might not end up with like a perfectly optimized crew. Right. Which I really like. It's kind of um goes back to that old school D&D way of, well, you roll your stats and you work with what you got. Yes. You know, and in Traveler, hey, you rolled up your characters and none of you have any computer skill. Uh you're going to want to figure out a way to solve that problem. I really like that about Traveler that it's uh it's not super obsessed with making optimized crews. In fact, kind of those those non-optimized crews are great ways to introduce NPCs that they hire that you can then sort of use to narrative advantage and plot points mm. later on. But yeah, it, it forces them to to think about what they need and, and to work through how to you know keep the ship afloat or, or flying and working and earning money and paying off the mortgage. Yeah, yeah, and I will say this game does kind of presume that you're okay with a bit of bookkeeping. Yes. Because your ship is odds are under mortgage and you guys have to pay for it month over month. <laughs> and you probably do that through trade and odd jobs. Yes. Um, and there are charts in there for the trading and all that kind of stuff. So this, this game does kind of presume that you're okay with that kind of bookkeeping or as a referee slash DM, you say, eh, hand wavy, let's just, park that and, and just focus on the adventure side. But it's definitely a big part of how they anticipate you're going to be playing the game. Yeah. I, and I know there are tons of groups that play that it's, they operate it almost as if they're running a, a ship and they're running routes and they're adventuring. But the goal is to, you know, pay the mortgage and mm -hmm. operate as a crew. And they, it's kind of this really interesting dynamic of just, you know, they're almost interested in, in just the trade aspect of it. Uh, I'm jealous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you look at the Expanse, the Expanse RPG and the Expanse series, guys, it's exactly like this because you have this whole concept of belters barely eking by in their spaceships in the Expanse world. It's the exact same thing here. You've got all these people doing these crews, crewing a ship, and it's, you know, it's... It's a good ship. They're doing well, but uh, how many how many disasters can they really recover from? So some adventures might be a little too big for your crew when you first get started. Yeah, and I really like that. It's like oh, this this world is kind of lethal. You can't just go around saying, "Oh, there's a thing in the," you know, "there's some there's some big ship. Let's go attack it." Like, ah, yeah, <laughs> big ships have big advantages over small ships. Very much, yeah. 
yeah, you would just end up being uh, exposed to the vacuum, and that's not a good place to be. So, Patrick, <laughs> did you guys just kind of go on this Firefly-esque kind of, uh, you know, world hopping, or did you play it as this, you know, the marine aspect of it, or what would, how, how did you guys, I guess, ingest Traveler? Um, I, I tended to take it from a space opera perspective. So we did lots of traveling, usually high tech, you know, bouncing from world to world. We, we didn't focus as much on the trade. We did enough to keep the ship afloat and usually ran into uh, opposing the, the bogeyman of the uh, traveler universe is the Zodani oh, uh, yeah. species. So, you know, you don't, they want to run up against those guys cause they could teleport or wreck your mind with psionics so yeah so the cool thing about the traveler universe is the humans in this universe aren't humans from like earth and earth is the is the center of the universe earth is like this place where a lot of humans came from but the empire came from somewhere else um or sorry the um uh, not the empire but the, the imperium. imperium came from somewhere else and they have all these trade lanes everywhere, and there's other flavors of humans out there. Uh, there's the Zodani, which are like very psionic and all that kind of stuff. And then there's other races entirely, you know, dogmen, uh, catmen, these like weird starfish-looking aliens. Like they've got really kind of fantastic sci-fi aliens in here that your crews can run into, and they have like very specific cultures that might really be kind of crazy for humans to deal with. And I really like that is that is that there's definitely some boogeymen and there's definitely some like really intricate, interesting cultures just in the universe of Traveler. Yeah, the the people from Earth or the Solomani is the how is the as they're called in, in Traveler, you know, don't even control Earth anymore. It was uh, you know, besieged and attacked by the Imperium and conquered. So mm -hmm. Yeah. Which leads to a lot of terrorist uh, activities and, and desire to reclaim uh, the Earth uh, planet. Yeah, and so if your character has like Soleimani background, that's like a secret. You do not want people to know that you're Soleimani because you it's presumed you'd have allegiance to Earth factions. Which is fun. Super yeah. fun. So, it, and a lot of the other humans are transplanted by race called the Ancients, who kind of seeded numerous worlds with humans that they may have genetically oh my modified. God. Prometheus uh, before Prometheus. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Again, all this, all these media references. Holy it's like, oh smokes, yeah. Man. Traveler did all this first. Got it. <laughs> that was like the seventy-seven eighty version. That wasn't the twenty sixteen after Prometheus. Oh yeah. No, exactly. Ancients yeah. have always been there. Oh my and, gosh. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you know, you show up on some planet and there's this ancient tribe of humans. And what are they? Why are they all around this thing? Oh, it's a giant ancient's relic. And they were just discarded. You know, like the ancients were here. They left and whatever was running the planet collapsed. And all that's left is some meager tribe hanging around some <laughs> ancients thing. You know, it's like it's yeah. just really interesting, like anthropologically or archaeologically. It's very interesting to like visit all these worlds and run into all the things that either Uref is making up or that are included in these books. Yeah. Yeah. And you've, and the Varger are the earth wolves that have been uplifted into, oh, yeah. uh, you know, con you know, uh, intelligence. And so, you know, they, there are these, you know, wolves that you can, you know, partner around the universe with. Yeah. And they have some of the same trappings of, of dogs yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, 
It's just so interesting because now you have games like Eclipse Phase where it's all about all these uplifted different species. And it's like, well, you know, the concept of uplifting in a role-playing game kind of kind of is already there. You know, it's just it's just neat to see all this stuff is uh, has a genesis. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I, You know, one of the things that I think is a boon for Traveler over other space opera games is every player has a job to do almost every situation. And what I mean by that is in Traveler, you can have a gunfight. Sure. You can also have a spaceship fight. And sometimes those fights happen at the same time. And so as a player, you are never in a situation where it's like, well, there's this fight going on, but I got nothing to do because there's nothing. Like there's there's almost always some way for you to be helpful in a fight. Yeah. Yeah. I never had any trouble keeping PCs active during combat or other encounters uh, for that exact reason, because there was always some way they could use their skills or adapt okay. to the situation. Yeah. Newbie question. Okay, number one, let me go back. Let's talk dice. Hmm. We got to talk dice. So when oh, you build yeah. your character, what are you rolling? Are you doing a point by? And then after character creation, let's go to a combat scenario. What are you rolling and what are you rolling against? Uh, D6. That 2D6. That's pretty much all you need. And that's what you roll your, your characteristics against. So you roll 2D6 and it's you know, one to 12. And that has a certain modifier based off of where it lands. Then when you are in a combat uh, situation, you are basically trying to hit eight plus on the 2D. So above, above an eight, and you factor in your characteristic modifier, if you get any. And if you have a skill of two and, you know, rifles, you get plus two as a DM modifier. Mm, How do you buy your skill points? Is that from your character creation? You have a pool? That's, you don't, yeah, it's not even a pool. You're rolling for them. So that character creation process, you're, you're in that place. Oh, wait, I'm going to, I'm going to be a, a space Marine in this specialty and I'm going to roll and I may get like a plus two in combat, or I may get a pick from a, 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 a small set of that. So it's not a, so you don't sort of kind of get it at random and kind of make those trade-offs during character creation. It's, the career you chose, the specialty within that four-year segment that you chose, and whether you lived or not, and then kind of what kind of skills you can get out of that. Yeah. So, like when you're when you're making your character, the stats are typically random from that two d six roll you made earlier, and then and then as, and like Patrick was saying, like as you're going through the steps, you add you know little hatches on this skill or that skill, and once you're done, you have a you almost always have a very well-rounded character. That has some combat, some social, some investigative stuff, you know, and just some general interests that may come up later on in the game. So as you're building towards that, you kind of know, all right, well, I've got a very violent, capable character or I have a very social capable character. But they're always going to have secondary and tertiary skills, things that they're passable at so that it's not, you know, a, a mistake for that person to be involved in a delicate conversation or something like that. Hmm. This sounds like the dice rolling's too easy. I may have to pass on this game. I need complex equations and I need to pick between 15 dice to determine what I need to do next. Yeah. Okay. So there's a fact and then there's boons and banes. Yes. We can add those to make it a little bit more challenging for you there. Boons and banes. Yes. 
So if the you have an environmental factor that's in your in your favor, you know, lights shining on the enemy and you get a clear view and you can shoot them more easily, you add a third d6 to the pool. You roll your die and you take the lowest die away. Oh. Yeah. So advantage disadvantage kind of concept very early in right. role playing. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that interesting? Mm. Isn't that interesting? So, and then Bane is the opposite. So, you know, you're, you, you've got 30 seconds to turn off the bomb. And so you're really pressured. So yes. roll that and you remove the highest die. Yes. Oh, I like this. Isn't that interesting? And what is cool about it is that it's intuitively very simple for a player to get into. You know, it's like, oh, I rolled my 2d6. I add up a couple of things. And did I get an eight or better? Yay or nay. Right? Yep. Um. And then you kind of toss into the idea that, well, that's how an individual does it, right? So if I'm shooting a gun at an armored person, I roll to see if I hit, eight or better. And then after that, I roll the weapon's damage, right? Which might be a number of D6s. And then it's about whether or not my weapon pierces their armor. And you take that kind of small scale stuff, which is going to happen, right? In a traveler game, you're going to have a couple of people with guns in the hallway of your spaceship fighting it out because there's a boarding action. Somebody's jumped over or they've, they've, they've connected to your ship and they're starting to send people into the ship. And at the same time, odds are there's a spaceship fight all using the same set of dice. So your pilot is rolling 2d6. Did your pilot succeed or fail versus the other pilot that they're trying to outmaneuver? So all of that stuff is, is kind of baked into this and it's really easy to go from big scale to little scale uh, without having to like, you know, do too much math or anything like that. And you take your damage against your endurance, then dexterity and strength. And right. two of the, when two of those reach zero, you're unconscious. The third one gets to zero. You're, you're... Yeah. 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 So it is a relatively lethal game, but you can always see how close to death you are. Yeah. Yes. Because, oh, my endurance is zero. All <laughs> right. Well, um, <laughs> we're, I'm on borrowed time, kids. So let's, uh, let's wrap this up. <laughs> exactly. The yeah. giggles of men that have been at zero. Yeah. And, and it, is, it is worth saying that, that death comes easy to some of these characters. Because, hey, space is space, man. And if your character ends up in it on the wrong side of a vac suit, no one can hear you scream in space. That's right. That's right. And, and there's plenty of there's plenty of stories where everything was fine. A space a space fight happens, right? And oh, they rolled. Oh, they got a crit. All right. Well, what? How did the crit go? They roll on the crit table. Ooh, a crew hit. All right. Well, that means some big spaceship sized bullet went through the crew area. <laughs> Did one of you get liquefied by a giant spaceship bullet? Uh, yes, yep. we just lost our engineer. You know, like it's just like it can just kind of happen. So yep. like have fun with the character, but don't be thinking that, oh, well, just because I'm, you know. Just because I'm in my spaceship, I'm super safe. It very much feels like Expanse in that way, that bullets just go through spaceships. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to be really careful about how how much danger you put your crew in and know that you can handle it if you do. Yeah, and spaceship guns cause a lot of damage. Yeah. A lot of damage. damage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's they don't, they don't tell you like to roll like, you know, 
4d6 or, or 20d6 they say roll 4d6 and multiply it times 10 yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you know i kind of have this theory and maybe patrick you've heard this before i kind of feel like traveler was built with the idea that people really wanted to play star wars but couldn't get the license for star wars because there's like a laser sword in traveler and like you could build yourself a jedi in traveler like like i really feel like whatever space game you want to have you can kind of find the tools in traveler to make that space game and star wars is littered sprinkled into here very subtly i think all throughout the traveler books is there a yoda are there I mean, Chewbacca's? I mean, they're there's total. I mean, like the Varger are kind of like a Chewbacca, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> super it, big and violent. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, let's see. 1977 Star Wars. 1977 first edition of Classic Traveler. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, it feels like maybe there was some option opportunity here for Star Wars to make it into Traveler, and I don't think the first Star Wars RPG was until you know, somewhere in the like mid to early eighties. Yes. No, that was, yeah. And see that I did play the West end games. I played that a lot uh, in college too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I, I think that the origins of traveler started with a space kind of combat war game and they added in the RPG elements. So some of the early, uh, traveler rules around space combat. I mean, they formula and charts in uh, the original books. In the and, classic traveler. Yes. And so you're, you're crunching like real physics math to try, <laughs> try to figure out, you know, at the speed that this is going and I'm oh, a million kilometers away. Because it's all relativistic, right? Like yes. I'm in a ship going so many factors of C. I shoot a bullet at another ship that's going the other way. Yes. Let's do the math. Yeah. I could see that being appealing to a lot of players. Uh, Mongoose doesn't have that. No, and I will admit, I was never I I, I was English and history guy, so <laughs> math wasn't my I, my best. So um. <laughs> you, you weren't in it for the like the crunch of no. the uh, of the space war fight. You guy. and my son, not the number cruncher. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I, I still chuckle whenever I, I pop open a couple of the Traveler books and I, I see the, the formula. I'm like, wow, yep. Very 70s role-playing. Yeah, I think that early on there's a whole lot of focus on can we make this realistic? Can we simulate physics in this game? Yeah. And, I mean, you know, bravo for the attempt because they clearly put in the, the brain power to make that possible. Yeah. But I really like Mongoose's approach is like, no, 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 you're, you're, you guys are in range, done. Yeah. <laughs> Things are shooting at each other. Don't worry about your relativistic speeds, your transversal velocity, any of that crazy stuff. Just, just shoot at each other Yeah, <laughs> and roll yeah. some dice pew, pew, and pew, see pew, if you die. Pew. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to spend four hours just calculating a, whether one shot hit or not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. One of the things I really like about the Mongoose Traveler, besides kind of keeping adhering, I think, really well to sort of the, the kind of core concepts, the careers and, uh, and the history and stuff like that, it still retains very much a late 70s, early 80s science fiction vibe. Yes. And, you know, yes. you know, it has cybernetics and stuff like that, but it still 
feels very 70s, 80s. You know, ships take a lot of fuel uh, yes. to power up and stuff like that. And communication is not light speed, you know, not faster than light speed. It's only as fast as ships can get from place to place. So, yeah, I definitely, I definitely like the kind of retro futurism vibe that travel the traveler has. It's part of the charm of mm-hmm. the game for me. And that's also a smuggling op- opportunity, right? Like you have so much space dedicated to fuel. Well, you could also hide some stuff in there. Yes. Oh. If you're like willing to like sacrifice a little bit of fuel, you could hide like a couple of people or yes. like you could hide some like illicit goods. And uh, so there's all kinds of like, you look at the schematic for your ship and you're like, all right, there's this uranium we'd really like to move, but it's super illegal to move it through this star system. What can we do? What can we do? I know. <laughs> Let's put it in a lead box, a big lead box, and hide it in the fuel tanks. They'll yes. never think to look there. <laughs> yes. I I one time in a campaign, I gave I I built a ship that I, I knew would be really enticing to the PCs to take over. And they took it over. And I had actually built in a secret uh, smuggler's kind of compartment in it. Nice. But I didn't tell them that. And I left it kind of vague on the map. And I forced them after a number of refueling times where they had to refuel. They're like, wait a second. We're not, what's wrong with this? We're not getting as much fuel into our tanks as what we should be Yes, they finally did the math and realized (laughs) that they were undercut. Wow. Dude, I, okay, yes. I mean, you think about like movies that have spaceship with fuel in them, all the smuggling things that come out. Like, it's all here. It's all right here in this game. I freaking love it. Well, like I said, it was my first one I ever played. I, it's the only one I've like consistently lived with in sort of multiple editions. And I, I agree. I just, I love it. Uh, I, I love creating characters just for fun. And, oh, just going through the, the, yeah. the character creation path. Yeah. 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 And, and, and Mark Miller actually goes to cons and runs character gaming creation sessions only. Oh, wow. That's really cool. I'd love to sit down with Mark Miller and just make a character in front of him. Yeah. And you know, folks, like, okay, this, this character, this career path thing is really neat and, and really got its genesis in Traveler. Like, I don't think there was a game before then that had this. Yeah, I don't think so. But you see later on, it shows up in Cyberpunk. And Maximum Mike, Mike Pondsmith, credits Traveler with some of, he says, look, if Traveler didn't exist, Cyberpunk 2020 wouldn't have existed. Wow, that's cool. Right? Yeah. And now you look at D&D 5th edition, Xanthar's, it's either Xanthar's Guide to Everything or Mordenkainen's, no, it's definitely Xanthar's Guide to Everything, has a life path system in it. Like, like every, every you know, major role-playing game says, you know, eventually somebody just wants to kind of roll some dice and just get some of the stuff figured out for them. Either is to make an NPC or to fill in some of the gaps for their character. And it all really kind of got its genesis here. With Traveler. And Traveler does such an interesting way of, you know, I'm making my character. He's got his career going or her career going. Do I push it for another four years? You know? Do I do I do I risk push it? Push it, push it. That's yeah. all I would say in the background. And, right. Do it. Do it. <laughs> How bad could it be? Oh, yeah. he died. Or or you don't die, you lost a limb. <laughs> you know, and now you've got to pay to get your limb replaced, and it's like, oh, I was gonna be rich and now I'm kinda poor. <laughs> but I've got an awesome limb. <laughs> um, yeah. The healthcare system in the third imperium is not very good. No, 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 no. But it has a traveler society. So one of your character creation boons could be you gain membership to the traveler society, which 
gives you access to, you know, room and board at a bunch of space stations. Very much like Paizo Society. Oh, wow. With Pathfinder, right? I mean, it's got... If if there are things that you like about a role-playing game, it might have come from Traveler. <laughs> yeah. The Journal of the Traveler's Aid Society. Traveler Aid Society, that's what it is. And, and I, he, you're right, Mark was pretty loosey-goosey about licensing, but one of the positives out of that is reams upon reams of supplemental material, of yes. journals and fan magazines putting together and, and that, you know, are running today. You know, um, there's Kickstarter Mongoose just had for collecting the Journal of the Traveler's Aid Society and updating it to the Mongoose Traveler second edition rules and adding new stuff. That'd be so to, cool. Yeah. To me, one of the most awe-inspiring things about Traveler is sort of the entire kind of what they call charted space. If you go to... Oh, yeah. If you go to Traveler, I think it's Map... Dot com. We will link it because yes, I this thing is just so beautiful. Is it better oh. than the Eve map? It's definitely, definitely. Oh my gosh! Are you seeing it? Yeah, I went there. It's pretty amazing. It is fantastic, and it, and for like somebody like me who was you know love Foundation would create my own sort of list of emperors of some you know science fiction world that I never ended up writing about, but I had you know, a thousand emperors listed out the depth that you can go into in that map. I mean, it's just stunning. And it's put together by people who just love the game. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, they aren't making money off of it. They, they just put together for the fun. Dude, there's it. even like this awesome wiki behind it to where as you like yes. click on things, you can go into the wiki pages around stuff. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh my God. There's even a place called Reavers Deep. Come on, bro. Come oh, on, Josh. Yeah. No, Come exactly. On. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, Come on, man. It's all in here. Everything is in here, as far as I'm concerned. And it's really cool. Like, there's red zones where you're not allowed to be there mm -hmm. by the Imperium, right? It's blockaded. Yep. So what happens if you have to make a delivery to a blockaded area? You know, it's just, there's so many interesting things within this map and within this world uh, we didn't even get to talk about just because there's just so much to unpack with Traveler. Yeah. The, I mean, and this is just a, if you, you can zoom way out on that map and you'll see, it's just like this little sliver of the galaxy and, you know, the, the Imperium itself is supposedly 11,000 worlds or more. And so, I mean, you can create worlds, you can go and find these worlds that have already been mapped out and created and all the places around it. It's, it's rich for opportunity you can work within the established parameters or you can like we said you could make a firefly game i know people that have made star wars games using mongoose traveler yeah. rules second oh, yeah. edition i, I kind of see master david there's a section here with no planets but all the gravity points towards a planet being there right right see see, see? This like is I, awesome. I think that you know within this space if you're the type of gm that wants to do it all your own awesome you have all the tools here to make your own worlds and your own little societies, and you can run your people, your your players up against the same little pocket of five or six planets, and and this is their cosmos. This is the the extent of the game. Or you can say, you know what? I just want to know. I just want somebody to hand me everything. And there is definitely tons of material about all these worlds, and you can kind of run them through a module, and you can be as 
as loose or as strict with this as you like. And that's one of the things I love about this. It's very flexible yeah. from that regard. Yeah. And I think that the mongoose rules are because they really harken back to the classic traveler rules. It's really easy to go pick up those old adventures uh, mm -hmm. that they created and adapt them because uh, you don't have to do much at all. You know, 2D6, you know, a, a lot of the same skills and that kind of stuff. It's it, it, that sort you got so much of that material that you can that you can leverage yeah. or be like me, which was just, you know, immerse myself, but create my own, you know, sort of story and framework within it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, and it's such a big place that it, it doesn't run into the same problem of say forgotten realms, right? Whereas if you play D and D and forgotten realms, uh, one of the players at the table absolutely knows more about that place than you do as the DM, right? Cause somebody's read all the books and they know all the lore and, in, in Traveler, it's like, no, 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 we're over on this other, like, subset of planets, and I'm just going to make everything up, and, you know, there's no risk of somebody at the table knowing more than you. And maybe for some DMs or refs, that's an asset. Maybe for others, it's not. But it's one of those things where there's so much here that you can, you can really just make it your own. Yeah, I'm kind of hearing, if you really want to play Eclipse Phase, play the Eclipse Phase. If you really want to play... Firefly, I guess you can go get the Firefly RPG. I've played that before locally at cons. Sure. But if you want to have an environment where the Firefly crew is in part of an eclipse phase problem, and you're also going to bring in a Jedi, guess what? Traveler's for you. No, you're right. Yeah, 100%. If you like all of these different space operas and you just don't want to be kind of shoehorned into one, you're right. This is exactly that kind of flexibility you'd need. Now, what I did love, as I did a little bit of show prep, and David, I did show prep, oh. is when I was researching this 1980s version, it suffered or was elevated by the beautiful aspect of all the supplemental materials like Cyberpunk got. Judges yes. Guild had tons of stuff. I mean, they had, you remember all those supplements that would come out from Car Wars and all those supplements for Cyberpunk? Traveler had its own like Zine kind of crazy world going on with blueprints for inside ships oh, and yeah. more oh, yeah. universe maps and, you know, Uncle Stan's uh, technology <laughs> bin. It had tons of material. Yes. Now, are those still playable in five? So that's kind of a really cool thing that you could go to the old half price bookstore, pick up five or six of these old 1981, 83 magazines. Can you still incorporate old material into the new campaigns? You can, I think, fairly easily with the Mongoose uh, versions. Tra Traveler 5 reverses instead of... Um, roll above an eight plus it's a roll oh. below Ooh. so which i think that I, I think he did that in traveler four i think that's when he made the first switch to that i but i it's still 2d6 so i think you can you can make the adjustments probably switching sort of the pot the pluses and minuses well, on, one on goes really easy with mongoose and one yeah. requires that whole D D kind of oh i gotta fudge with this a little for a yeah. sure yeah. sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. definitely but, with the mongoose it should uh, be that's pretty easily cool. adaptable. I yes. love being able to take old materials because that stuff that was made before the internet 
where people were just scratching these pictures out at home yeah. and making this stuff off the top of their head is sometimes the greatest material to pull from. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think there's something to be said for um, going back to some of that because the amount of detail that was put in back then is a lot of times greater than what you get now. Yes. So if you really want a super well-detailed thing, I would say go back and look at the archives. Go back and find one of these uh, past fan-created things because it's Like a dragon's foot for Traveler? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Patrick, any other websites that you use a ton? for prepping traveler uh i use citizens of the imperium which is the wiki that links off of that the traveler 5 world builder is also a great uh, resource it tends to be a little bit traveler 5 but the kind of worlds you can create work within a mongoose traveler uh, place Perfect. so those are um uh, some of the places i go to uh quite a bit so okay. We will link to those for anybody who's interested in seeing these tools um, before you pick up a copy of Traveler for yourself. It's All of this stuff really impresses me and how well it's thought out and, and how easy it makes it to use as a DM. Yeah. Oh, and another one, the FreelanceTraveler.com. They put out like a, every other month, they put out a magazine. Oh. Uh, essentially, it's online. It's free. Sweet. And they include ships, adventure ideas, you know, free magazine they publish every once in a while and david somehow we picked a game that's not three million dollars to go buy i know (laughs) i just looked on ebay you can get the traveler science fiction adventure rpg corset from gdw in 1977 first edition vintage 60 dollars oh wow oh wow and and when and mongoose is like new i think is 40 bucks 50 bucks yeah yep and on drive through rpg you can get the classic traveler starter kit with the core book and the, the rules for free. What? That's amazing. I love the internet. <laughs> Nothing's free. It's free. That, is that breaks great. the first rule of life. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, the second rule. First rule's different, but that breaks the second rule. That Unreal. is so good. See, I love it. I love I love this game. And dude, Patrick, thanks a ton for coming on and sharing your passion around this game and, and some, some uh, insights into what the game is like for, for our audience. Oh, Dave. I got a news break from Gloria Berger again. <laughs> that Patrick may have some other pursuits and interest in life. Patrick, did, did I maybe, am I picking up off the line? You're an accomplished author. Uh, accomplished maybe stretching the, 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 the definition of that word a bit far, uh, but uh, <laughs> too modest, too modest. Yeah, I have I have published a few mystery novels that are available on Amazon if you want to if you so desire to to get them. So, Ooh, so how could how could people find your your author page and all that good stuff? So, but first, thank you for inviting me. It's been a blast, and I can say after having listened to you guys for a while, it's it's a real thrill to to be chatting up RPGs with you. Yeah. We love so, you, man. Oh, we love you. I'm buying uh, you that beer now at Gen Con. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yes. Look forward to meeting you guys there. Yes. Um, so, patrickknaus.com. So, that's Patrick, as you would expect, K-A-N-O-U-S-E. Um, all together. I'm also on, you know, the Tweeterverse and Facebook Tweeter. and... Yep. So yep. And we thing. are going to link to all those things in the show notes. So folks, if you're listening to this episode and you want to take a gander at his, at his, at his books or, you know, find him on Twitter, 
we're going to have all of that linked in the show notes. So just like, scroll Patrick, through whatever you got to watch him. He cuts is. my shit all the time. I promo <laughs> stuff every episode and he cuts it. So what, re-listen and yell at him if he cuts it. I will. I will. I'm yeah, taking it up. I mean, Rich, you. <laughs> there's reasons I cut you. <laughs> Dude, I got the second SFW channel on Pornhub. <laughs> See, that gets cut every time. Every time I try and pop my Pornhub channel. That's amazing. Oh. But now I know the secret. I'll, I, can, I can work with you, Rich, on getting that out. That's right. That's right. There's going to be an underground knowledge bank of things that David cuts. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, awesome. Everyone who's been listening, thanks a ton for listening. <laughs> <laughs> you made it this far. God bless you. I can't finish it. Um, have fun and play well. May all your roles be crits. <laughs> uh, thank you. Yes. Thanks for listening. This episode was produced by me, David Gillespie, with music provided by Taylor Guillory. Our web presence is managed by Amy Nelson. And if you like our style, please leave a review for us on iTunes. It's the best way to help people find us. Most importantly, though, feel welcome to connect with us on Twitter, our Facebook group, Discord server, our Friday night Twitch streams, and our website, all under the name High Shelf Gaming. We really look forward to talking and playing games with you. Music